So how did it go? It went terrible. No, 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 no. Let's turn that around. I don't want to. Well, you need to. Hey, this is Michelle Spivey, your practical priestess of wisdom, and I want to welcome you to today's podcast of Wisdom Smack. So join me on the flip as we get into T is for terrific. Oh, yes. I'll see you on the flip. Bad grammar aside, on the A part, um, the whole idea of something having gone terribly instead of terrible, of course, I was trying to do something, but never mind. Uh, <laughs> so the word terrible, terror, terrify, tr- uh, tremendous, all of those things, all of those words live in the same family. And I was uh, looking at some things that I am working with and I was like, oh my gosh, this could go terribly. And right at that time, wisdom snapped me out of it and was like, no, they can go, they can be terrific. And so, of course, I went and looked at the etymology of the word uh, terrific. And yes, terrific is still part of that family of scariness and all of that. It's even um, part of causing terror or fear or being frightful. And, but there was something about it that caught my eye. And that was this, that if we go back, like I said, looking at the birth and the evolution of a word, it will reveal a lot of things. Namely, when a word changes its meaning, the dates, if you can find them. So in the the 1660s, that was the 17th century, uh, that word terrific still meant frightening. Even when you look at uh, writings of the time, whether they be um, spiritual, religious, or otherwise, they will use that word, uh, the great and terrific, meaning frightening, scary. And uh, it does come from that Latin root word of terrificus, which, as I said before, means to cause terror or fear, to be frightful and or filled with fear. But there's something about the word that uh, had a metamorphosis that in the 1880s, things started to change. So like in, uh, for instance, at... Uh, the turn of the century in 1809, it started to be used for uh, very great or severe. Instead of being filled with terror, it went down to just kind of like a punctuation on something that ir- was irritable, as in uh, a terrific headache. Like, how? What, what kind of headache do you have? I have a terrific headache. Instead of it causing terror, being frightful, or filled with fear, now it's just, not just, but it's now been uh, co-opted to uh, signify how great this headache is. And then we go on into the latter part of the 1800s, which is the 19th century, to where in 1988, that word completely inverts to a slang uh, version of itself to mean excellent or to mean uh, great in the sense of good. And so where we now use terrific as something to be happy about. 
And so, of course, me being nosy and and looking at, okay, why would it just drop in my, my gut that what I'm thinking is terrible is actually terrific? I went and I, course, of course, I looked at what was going on in the 1800s, especially in 1888. And the first thing I'm going to say is that 1888 is, um, for America, part of the Gilded Age. Now, the Gilded Age is where it sounds just like it is. It's like you cover up something of lesser value with something of greater value, like a gold-plated. You know, instead of it being a solid gold chain, it's a gold-plated chain where that gold, when it flakes off, it's going to show the inferior product underneath. So it was it was that. Um, in um, uh, other areas like in in uh, Europe, uh, <clears throat> the British were experiencing their new Victorian age, and the French were experiencing a um, an, an, um, a corresponding age of uh, enlightenment and and those types of things. Heck, Tchaikovsky in that year uh, released one of his most famous. Um, uh, accomplishments. And the list just goes on and on. Uh, but this is what really stuck out to me. There were some quote unquote terrific things that happened in the old sense. And that was they had the great blizzard of um, 1888 in the north in, in March, where it was said to have dumped over 55 inches of snow. And they it was so tremendous that 400 people perished in um, in the blizzard with 200 of them being in New York alone. Uh, New York, it was so much snow that you New York tried to find ways to push the snow into the Atlantic. And it was so much snow that it caused massive floodings. People were displaced. And it at that time, in those dollars, $25 million worth of damage was done by people setting fires to try to keep warm alone. But not even that. Prior to that, in uh, the beginning of the year, uh, there was a, another blizzard that happened in the Midwest uh, where 250 plus people perished, a lot of them children who were walking home from school when it hit. It, it's just sad. Um, Jack the Ripper has his reign of terror starting in August and finishing up in around October. He uh, was credited with, uh, attributed, I shouldn't say credit, but attributed with killing five victims that they know of in that time. But on the other hand, there were a lot of great things like uh, uh, in uh, the patents, the patents were exploding where you had Eastman filing patents for the Kodak camera. Uh, You had Thomas Edison filing patents for the movie uh, picture and uh, excuse me, a lot of visual stuff happening. And then you know, other little things like um, the father of American golf demonstrating golf in an open pasture for the first time in this in this year. And on and on it goes. Van Gogh. Now, this one is not good, but Van Gogh in the latter part of that year cuts off his ear after an argument with Gargan and uh, mails it off to a prostitute for safekeeping. I don't know what that's got to do with anything, but... Ooh, um, 
Frederick Douglass in the summer is becomes the first African-American, well, the first black man uh, nominated for U.S. president. And this is a a slave, a former slave. No, excuse me. He's not a slave, a former enslaved man. Let me let me make sure I say the right things because we weren't slaves. We were just enslaved. I'll say it like that. Okay, so moving on. there were so many different things happening at this time. This is another one. Carl Benz, who is credited as the inventor and engineer of the automobile, has his wife take uh, his uh, take his invention out for its first tour in August of that year. And on and on it goes where just so many things were happening at this time where uh, it was just it was just a over over abundance of things happening and thus it makes sense that they would take a word uh, that was meant for evil and the harbinger of doom and turn it into something that was great. And when I started looking at those historical events for just that year alone and uh, looking at all the advancements that were happening, oh, the National Geographic Society was formed in January and put out their first magazine in October like I said, just on and on and on. I was like, oh, okay, you're right. T is for terrific. <laughs> and um, I started to get a little pep in my step about the power of, of wording and the power of changing a word meant for harm and doom into its inverse and meaning it for greatness. See, terrific or terrify or terror always meant great. It always meant uh, fantastical, but it meant it in the sense of frighteningly so, of overwhelmingly so. And because of a, a slang of sorts where people were using the word in a way that of their choosing, it took over and it, and it took on a new meaning. And so I want to take the time real quick to help you and us with the power of words and their meanings and their energies behind them. And first of all, I want us to understand that the American language is born out of an amalgamation of uh, Old World English, Latin, uh, French, and then some borrowed words from uh, German and the uh, the Latin languages. And so we come up with this cornucopia. If we go with the majority root of our English, which came from the old English, that is where we get that term grammar from. But it, the grammar term actually came from grimoire, which meant to cast a spell. Now, I could talk a lot about spell casting and all of that, and I'll just suffice it to say this. And that is, The grimoire or grammar, as we are known now, was the common folk speak. And as I said before, in the old English of that term, of those terms from the 1400s through the 1700s, it was the common speak of the common folk. And spell work, if you will, uh, 
was used by the commoner, especially the most disenfranchised, um, the least of them, which meant that it was relegated down to the females of the time. And that's where they got the notions of spells and spell casting. And because these women had to figure out a way to uh, survive and make things work for them, they played into that. And uh, some of them real or thinking they were real, and some of them were playing into it to gain some type of power. And so it has been said that spell work is for the least of them. Spell work is for that person who does not come equipped readily so with power. And so it's a way to gain power out of something that uh, is not meant for your good. And thus we come up with words like terrific, which really has its root best uh, um, invested in the the malef- the malefic- the maleficent, <laughs> the bad. But because of this power of this spell work of, of, of our language, we were able to turn it, flip it, invert it, and infuse into it a term that would go on to mean excellent. So much so that I'll say this, that terrific coming about in the 1880s, then we we move on to uh, co-opting other terms of uh, within this family, such as tremendous. And tremendous uh, became, well, you in the 1600s, like we were talking about. So in the 1660s, we've got terrific, which is an adjective, but it is born kind of sort of out of tremendous of the 1630s, where that actually means awful, dreadful, or terrible from the parent word of terrible, terrify, and those kinds. Okay, so terrible would be the noun, terrify would be the verb, and um, those came out of the 1500s, uh, meaning to frighten or to make afraid, just like terrific, okay? So you got all of these, you got uh, terrify, uh, terrible, tremendous, and uh, with tremendous, it it was fearful to be dreaded, uh, terrible, and it meant also to tremble at the very presence or sight of something. But lo and behold, here we move over to these the latter part of the 19th century, and we start to hear a parallel change in tremendous to mean large. So you got great for terrific, and you've got large for tremendous. And this is the thing. 1888, 12 years before the turn of the century, uh, the 1900s, which would start to signify a progressive movement for not only the United States, but for Europe, where a lot of social activism and people taking on the active uh participation of their future and a lot of building and growth would come about. And so these words were almost to the point where they were prophesying or foretelling of the next time to come. Because before then, you had from the 1500s all the way to the 1800s, a 300-year span of this, this family of words keeping their original 
originally meant concept of bad, of, of frightening, dreadful, and all of that. And yet, in the 1800s, we start to get this. Blame it on the wars of 1812 or uh, Civil War or whatever. But in our power, we turn this, this grammar into a grimoire of sorts and change it to spell it into something that means its opposite. And now this is the part that was crazy to me. And that was the co-opted twin of terrific, which became fabulous. Yes. Now, from the 16, uh, uh, excuse me, the 1400s, actually, this word uh, fabulous, it was fabulosus was that word. And it meant to be mythical, legendary, or to be celebrated in fable meaning it was rich in myths and story. It was even from fabula. Fabula means, and that's in my wheelhouse with story, that was story or a tale. And so you could now see where people are putting together words in new, delightfully exciting ways of a terrific tale, which means terrifically fabulous. And it, it went on where it became a sense of, to mean incredible, enormous, immense, amazing, and marvelous and terrific. And so therefore, you've now got terrific being partnered with fabulous. And I'm like, how did a word that meant to be filled with fear, to be overcome to the point of trembling from a horrific sight, become known as something that is to be a tale to be marveled at, to be marvelous, to be fabulous. And I was like, wow, that is very powerful. And so the wisdom smack that I want to talk with us about today is what are those words, those meanings, those feelings that are lurking over us where we dread them, we fear them, or we deny them, we ignore them? because they are too uncomfortable to deal with. How can we find the power to inspell those words and those concepts to help us? Because after I did that, I was like, of course, this is freaking terrific. And seriously, you guys, now that I'm looking at what I am uh, accomplishing, not trying, but what I am doing, it is terrific. It is fabulous. It is marvelous. Marvelous to behold, because what was terrible and even terrifying has become the terrific. And I want to take time to just give homage to this so that it will be archived that on this day, um, those under the sound of my voice, whatever your storm is, whatever your, your issue is, it can move from being terrible and terrifying to terrific, fabulous, and even marvelous. Remember, at the beginning of 1888, they were hit with not one, but two great blizzards that knocked out over 600 people between them. And they actually took a word to mean to terrify and turned it into something that meant great, fantastic, marvelous, fabulous. That is that is some powerful, powerful spell work there. Powerful magic. 
And I want us to take the time to be able to do that. Well, the first thing I'm going to say is, is when we are trying to take this, so maybe you have to do yours the manual way. Maybe wisdom doesn't just plop it on you and immediately tell you, nope, it's not terrible, it's terrific. Maybe that doesn't happen. And if it doesn't, there is a way for us to manually change the power, the spell work, the magic of those things that we need to overcome or, or interact with, deal with, whatever. And that is that we can track our triumph. Oh, yes. Uh, there is this saying that is attributed to uh, Tony Robbins and his team, uh, and that is this, what doesn't get scheduled doesn't get done. And also, there have been many studies that show if you want to accomplish something, you will keep a ledger of your progress. And it not only helps with accountability, it becomes a monument, a, a m- remembrance of what you are doing. And each time you record or track or pay homage to or archive, as I'm doing here, uh, it becomes stronger and stronger. And that is why the memory morphs into uh, a monument. I'll be talking a little bit more about that in um, some podcasts to come. Um, But understand the memorializing of what it is you're trying to do is a very powerful way to add a little extra oomph of power to it. Now, scientifically, there we can look at the observer's advantage. Uh, we can look at uh, the forces of energy that go into all of those collective things that we do around a concept. And yes, there is a way to describe what I'm talking about scientifically, but not but. And I just want you to understand that there is a, um, a shortcut way of taking and turning what was meant for ill into your good. And that is borrow what we're talking about today. Instead of whatever it is you're facing being terrible, turn it into being terrific. Because even though the situation might not look like it has changed, the energy behind it is now changed its polarity. And again, y'all know I'm a polarity loving somebody. And when stuff isn't going right for you, you need to find a way to switch it to the other side from a negative to a positive. And this right here, turning the terrible into the terrific is an alchemy level thing. Alchemy is all about turning the mundane and the profane into the powerful the uh, perfect and uh, the great, the good. That is where we get that whole term of turning lead into gold. It simply means that when you take something that is of inferior value or a negative and you turn it into a positive, you have completed the alchemical process. Uh, Cooking is an alchemical art. Uh, oratory, speaking, and helping people with what you say is an oratory um, uh, part of uh, art as well. And um, it is imperative, you guys, it is imperative that we do not allow the boogeyman, sometimes of our making and sometimes of reality, to overshadow us and to question uh, our ability 
to work our inspelled magic. And this just came to me. It's not in my notes, but I'm going to say this. <laughs> Please, if it, if it doesn't apply to you, just, you know, be okay with it. But for some reason, I keep have re- when I'm as I was talking with this, talking about this, I keep sensing something about some type of legal stuff. And you guys, yes, it looks very powerful and terrible when someone is trying to take some type of legal action against you. But yes, you can turn that type of terrible into terrific as well. I know it doesn't feel well. I know it can be a very to the point where it might make you tremble. And there are people out here. I would I would not lie to you. There are people out here who actually do use that as a type of torment to people to bring lawsuit and frivolousness against them to try to ruin them and to uh, take their vigor and their fight out of them. But you can turn the terrible into the terrific. And you do that by refusing, refusing to allow the whatever is the driver for that terror to have that kind of effect on you. You look at it as the opposite, as the positive to it. And I will tell you, once you start doing that, and you start looking at the terrific, the fabulous, the marvelous, ways to combat and overcome start to flood in and the uh, visually and realistically start to take place. And I know of which I speak because like I said, I was dealing with something that I was like, oh my gosh, this is terrible. <laughs> this is horrific. And blessed be that it just sunk into my, my gut that nope, it's T is t- for terrific. And once I started embracing that and looking through uh, the etymology of the word, looking at when the change happened, only to realize that in the, that year, 1888, all of these things were happening that was causing people to basically say enough is enough. And I choose. Now, this is me putting my opinion on it, but I could clearly see people saying, I choose to turn the terrible into the terrific. I choose to not dwell on the fact that we have had these monstrous storms and we've got uh, possibly the first serial killer out there and people are going crazy by cutting their ears off and mailing them to prostitutes and all of the other things. I choose to look at the terrific. I choose to look at the fact that We are in the midst of an age that is moving from the superficial to the powerful. You see, this is the ending of their gilded age. And these people are at the point where enough is enough. Quit putting putting cold cream on cancer and let's do something about it. And it's making way for the air and the spirit of the progressive movement of where everyone is now committed to being actively engaged in what they want for their lives and no longer uh, putting up with business as usual. And it was it was a, an inspiring thing to be able to see that and to understand that in hindsight, truly, it's 2020. Uh, understand that these these folks were willing to embrace a newness, a new freshness about it. And that's the, the last thing I want to talk about when we talk about tea is for terrific. I want to say this. 
that we can take the old, we can take the established, and we can look at it with fresh eyes, with fresh new meaning, and with fresh opportunity. And um, too many times I have um, smirked at the subtle power of the repurpose. And I have looked at it at, uh, you know, whatever. Um, there were, and, I, and I don't have a lot of time, but I'll just say this, that part of what I am looking at with, you know, part of my, oh, this is terrible, is stuff that I had lost the ability to see the usefulness and the power of it. And it came to me when I was dealing with this is for terrific. It's like, repurpose it. And I was like, nah, I, I want new. I want shiny, <laughs> you know? But when I started looking at it, I was like, oh my gosh, totally right. I am able to repurpose this to infuse in it a totally new life and a new purpose for its existence. And, and like I said, light bulbs started to go off and I was like, oh my gosh, thank you, wisdom. I am able to use this. Who says I have to use it just for the purpose that it was originally uh, received or obtained? I do not. All I have to do is to turn the terrifying of, oh my God, I got all this junk. How am I going to get rid of this? How am I going to, you know, do this and make room and all this kind of stuff? To being able to see with new eyes those types of things. And so as I am closing it down, because my time really is up, y'all, I'm going to ask you that whatever area in your life seems to be terrible, it just is not working, whether you're dreading it, whether it seems tremendous in the bad way or whatever, dare to turn that into terrific and look at things with a new sense of joy, of power, and for those of you out there with repurpose, for that person or persons that has this looming um, legality stuff, trust and know that it can turn out to be a terrific thing for you. And with that, guess what, y'all? My time really is up. I got to go. This has been Michelle Spiva, your Practical Priestess of Wisdom, with another podcast of Wisdom Smack. Mwah! Love you dearly. Don't forget to support us by using our Amazon link at michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. That's going to do it, and I'll see you later. And that's going to do it for today's podcast of Wisdom Smack with Michelle Spiva. If you like this podcast, please help us get the word out. Like, comment, subscribe, and even share. And if you really like it, please help us continue to get the word out by considering using this show's link for Amazon. So when you want to go to Amazon and you do all of your general shopping, uh, please use michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. It's simple as that. It doesn't cost you anything extra. And this show might receive a little bit of commission that will go towards helping to further get these episodes out to you and to others. So thank you so much for listening. This has been Michelle Spiva with Wisdom Smack. Bye.